Take your Bibles tonight and turn to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. I need a couple guys. If you'll come down forward, I got some things to hand out. Uh, Miss Charlotte and um, her sister have been working uh, diligently on a directory. The directory that we had, um, the directory that we had going just was a disaster. And so um, they've been working on a directory. If you could raise your hand, if you would like one, we'd like to do right now one per family. Um, and then if, if, if we can do more later, we will. Uh, but one per family right now. Um, this is going to be uh, a directory that we're going to be working on. Okay. Um, uh, we'll add corrections and additions um, as an insert in the bulletin. The church directory has been a joint project with Beth Allard, uh, Pat Dickey, that is Miss Charlotte's sister, and Charlotte Johnson. And so um, if you can help us out with this, if you can look in there, if your name is in there and something's not right, uh, we're going to get some correction um, things to put in that you can make, make a correction. If your name's in there and there's no address and you'd like to put that in there, that'll help us. If your name is not in there, now listen to me. Uh, listen, we're, we're trying to get this as perfected as we can. This is not going to be, do we need more? Okay. Um, this is not going to be just a member's directory. This is going to be a... Um, people that come to church directory, okay? So um, if, if, uh, if people aren't members yet, we're praying that they will be, and, uh, but their may, names may be in there as well. If your name's not in there, it's not because we don't think you should be in there or any other reason. It's just we are um, uh, trying uh, to make sure that we get everybody that we can um, in here. So if your name's not in here, please help us out with that. Um, let us know so that we can get that corrected addresses, phone numbers. If anything's in there that needs to be corrected, uh, please let us know. Uh, there are, um, uh, birthdays and different things in there. If you would like to add any of those things that are not in here, please let us know and please us help, help us out with that. If something's wrong, don't just ignore it. If something's wrong, please, um, you, you need one, Brother Larry? Here, Brother Larry. Here you go. Here you go. Please let us know, because it's going to help us so we can keep everything up to date. I know, listen, I know phone numbers change, people move, different things like that. So if you can help us out with that, that would be tremendous. And again, I uh, want to thank uh, Miss Beth and Miss Charlotte and... Um, and then Miss Pat, that is Miss Charlotte's sister, that's helped out with this. Yes, thank you very much, because there was a lot of work put into this. This is going to be something that we can add on to, uh, something that we can change, um, something that we don't have to get somebody to come here and pay a ridiculous amount of money for pictures and all this other stuff and promise stuff that they're not going to give us. This is going to be a big help. And I don't know about you. But I don't care about my ugly mug being in there anyways. And so um, we ain't worried about pictures right now. But even if we wanted to add pictures, we can add pictures, uh, we can add pictures to it. And um, so thank you for your help with that. And uh, we'll be handing those out. Uh, we're really trying to keep it down as much as possible. Um, so we're just trying to do one per family uh, at uh, this point. So we're not going to be... We're not going to be setting them out in the foyer as people want them. Um, really, one of the things I want to be able to do is when somebody starts coming to the church and they start coming faithfully to the church, I want to be able to put this in their hand because it's nice. Now, I know that the picture is nice because it's nice to put a face to the name, uh, but at least there's names in here and, um, and uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be a big help. I have uh, another person that came to me, um, and uh, we'll see. Uh, they're going to start working on it, um, so we'll give, you, we'll give you a little bit more information. But a previous church that they had belonged to, uh, 
um, had a uh, a directory of um, I don't want to I don't know what to call it maybe a job directory or whatever uh, for for things like uh, um, you know. Um, Steve Swearingen can do this, and if he wants to be in that directory, you know, he's, he's good at such and such. Uh, Scott, you know, Scott Schumann's a, a, a you know, framer, and, and, and have a directory like that. If you sit with people or are willing to sit with people, you can put stuff in there where people in our church can look up and say, hey, this person can do. Now, this is not to go in there so you can get free service. That's not the point. The point is it's somebody that you can trust because they're from the church, and um, that's in the process. And our website is almost complete. Um, you can, uh, you probably can look it up now. There's a couple things that need to be tweaked on it sometimes, um, and um, that's been being worked on. Dina uh, used to be Warnock, Dina Tech. Uh, her husband has been diligently working on that. It's kind of a funny story. So we said, um, hey, you know, because he helped Wendy with her, her um, website and getting all her domain and all that together. I said, hey, look, I mean, we, we need to get a new website. If you can help us out with our website, we said, we, you know, you can get, you know, we'll pay you for that and blah, 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 blah. And he's about halfway through and he said, I just, just so you know. I don't do websites. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, whoops. Well, just go ahead and finish it. And so uh, he, he did a really, really good job. And um, that's almost up uh, and ready and, uh, and finished. And that's a big, um, let me tell you, most people now that come to a church, they don't pick up a telephone book. Uh, they go online. And um, if they hear about the church, they go online and they can pull up the website. They can see what you believe. They can see uh, on our website, you know, you're going to be able to listen to, to, to messages and to music. Um, he's even adding a thing. I don't know anything about this stuff, but I'm not doing any of it, so it's good. Uh, but uh, stuff where you can just click a button and uh, an announcement can be put in there about the teens or VBS or junior church or whatever you want uh, can go on there. And um, so it's going to be uh, top notch. And so that's, um, that's uh, almost complete. And uh, a lot of um, uh, hard work been put into that uh, as well. And so with live streaming and websites and all this, we've got to we have to keep up. We have to keep up with that stuff because uh, that's, what, uh, that's what people are looking at. That's what people are looking to anymore uh, to find out about, um, find out about your church before they, before they come to it. used to be, used to you go to church and you find, to find out about the church, but now you can just click a button and you can hear the messages. You can listen to the kind of music. You can see their doctrinal statement. Uh, you, can see, uh, you can see the pastor you know, he's got a beard, so if that bothers you, you don't have to come to church, you know, all those things. I'm almost over that. I'm getting, I'm getting by that. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but uh, I'm getting, and getting by that. So I mean, it's like, what, what are we talking about? We had a whole family come to church, and um, somebody pointed out who I was, and man, he just, he was indignant. I ain't going to no church where the pastor has a beard. And his whole family got up. Walked out the door, and I said, praise God, hallelujah, because, I mean, we don't need any more trouble. And so, um, uh, whatever. People have different beliefs, and that's okay. That's your right to believe that. Uh, but a website, you can click on there, you know. For me, uh, just for instance, if I go to a church and I click on it, I want to see, see what version of the Bible that they use, you know. I want to see, well, I mean, I don't want to go to a rock concert. I don't want, you know, there's something... Everybody's different, and somebody else might be looking for something else, and that's a good way to be able to find out or at least get a taste of what the church is like before they come. So I'm glad to, to um, be almost there with that, and uh, so uh, we're, uh, we're getting there step by step. And so thank you for your patience with all that, and thank you for um, uh, Miss Charlotte and, and Miss Beth for working on uh, getting that uh, uh, getting that done. Psalm 63 tonight, Psalm 63, and uh, thank you uh, for saying a prayer for Anna. 
she's traveling back. She's probably got about another hour, hour and a half before she, uh, before she gets back. I uh, just talked to her about an hour or so ago. And um, so thank you for your prayers uh, for her traveling. Pray for Emma. She will be flying home on the 11th. Uh, and uh, we found her a, a nonstop flight from Baltimore. She's going to be flying into Savannah uh, for just a few weeks before she has to go back uh, and do summer camp there um, at Camp Lucam there in, uh, in PA. And so uh, thank you for uh, your prayers, uh, your prayers for them. And then again, uh, every day, every day, Wendy's getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And so thank you for your continued prayers for her. I know it's going to be a long uh, recovery and um, a normal recovery is about six to eight weeks. She's had three surgeries on top of each other. So I'm assuming it's going to take a little bit longer than that, but uh, she is moving in the right direction and I am thankful and uh, I know she is as well. And thank you for your prayers for her. Psalm 63, Psalm of David. We've been talking about a closer walk with God, a closer walk with God. And so uh, we've already talked about last week, uh, we talked about um, uh, to have a closer walk with God, then we must know him. And uh, we must know him through salvation. We must know him through scriptures. We must know him through suffering. The things that we go through, we draw closer to God. We talked about this morning, the fact of going through suffering and learning nothing is just a waste. What a waste that is. Because listen, whether you learn something or not, you're going to go through suffering. It's just part of life. And uh, we all go through difficulties and problems. And, and it's best if you learn uh, a lesson or two when you go through that suffering. And let me tell you what happens when we go through difficulties, when we go through sufferings. They either make us better or they make us bitter. That's what suffering is going to do. They're going to make us better or they're going to make us bitter. And so let's draw closer to God and be better because of the sufferings that we go through and the difficulties that we face in life. So we must know Him. Number two, we started this morning. We must not only know Him, but we must seek Him. We must seek Him. Oh God, verse number one, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth. For thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Go to verse number, uh, verse number seven. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard, followeth hard after thee. Listen, do you follow hard after? the Lord Jesus Christ. We must seek him. Isaiah 55 and 6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him, call ye upon him while he is near. Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. We must seek the Lord. We talked about it this morning. We must seek the Lord Early, he said, early will I seek thee. Early in life, early in the day, and early in a crisis or situation that we face in our lives. So we must seek the Lord early. Number two, I want to talk about the next two things uh, tonight, uh, just briefly. Number two, not only should we seek the Lord early, but we should seek the Lord evaluatingly. Evaluatingly. Listen. We're so busy evaluating everybody else's life that we forget to evaluate our own. And when we seek the Lord, we need to say, search me, O God, right? Search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. You see, we look and say, yep, there's a wicked way in her, and there's a wicked way in him, and there's a wicked way. And we're always looking at everybody else. But the psalmist said, Lord, uh, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Know this, God won't use a dirty vessel. God won't use a dirty vessel. Think about this. Back uh, in 1 Samuel, 
1 Samuel chapter 15. Listen to what the Bible says about Saul in 1 Samuel 15. Matter of fact, God says this in verse number 11. He said, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. It repented God that he had made Saul king. Why? Because because Saul decided that he didn't want to follow after God. He decided he wanted to turn back. John 6 and 66, the Bible says many of them turned back and followed him no more. Followed him no more. You see, we often follow God because it's convenient. We often follow God because there's something in it for me. You see, people, you ever heard of the expression, jumped on the bandwagon? You ever heard that? I mean, somebody comes along, somebody popular comes along, and man, everybody jumps on the bandwagon until that person isn't powerful anymore, and then, boop, they jump back off. You ever seen that? They did it with Jesus. As long as Jesus was performing miracles, as long as he was feeding the thousands with a kid's lunch, as long as he was uh, raising the dead, as long as he was taking coins from, uh, from fish's mouths, as long as he was doing all these marvelous things, the people followed him. It's almost like they were there to watch these, what they presumed to be parlor tricks that, that Jesus was doing. And, but as soon as something got hard, Soon as the, they feel like the miracles were dried up, soon as there was some persecution, they turned back and followed him no more. You want to know why? Because it wasn't easy. Nowhere in the Bible does it say following God is easy. Nowhere in the Bible does it say if you go to church and you pray and you tithe and you're a good witness and you have a good testimony everything's going to flow easy for you. If there is a place like that, I would love for you to show me because I would love to know where it is. The Bible actually says, in the world you shall have tribulation. The Bible actually says, they persecuted me, Jesus said. They will persecute you. Weeping, the Bible says, may endure for a night. We're going through problems. We're going through situations that, in this world. Why? Because we live in a fallen world amongst fallen people. Now I want you to know something. We all face the same temptations. We all face the same problems in some form or fashion. You may not go through exactly what I go through and I may not go exactly what you go through, but we all go through problems, right? As we go through these problems, as we go through these situations, are they drawing you closer to God or are they pushing you away from God? Because let me tell you what the devil's goal is. The devil's goal is to push you as far away from God as possible. He doesn't. Now listen, if you're saved, he knows he can't take your salvation. Your salvation cannot be taken. Your salvation cannot be lost. Once saved, always saved. We're saved forever. The devil knows that. But I want you to know something. The devil can ruin your fellowship. The devil can ruin your life. Let me tell you some of the most miserable people on the planet. There are people that are saved that are away from God. I'm talking about truly saved. Can you truly be saved and away from God? Yes. Yes, you can. Now, I don't think and this is my opinion, I don't think that everyone that says that they're saved and they're away from God are actually saved. But I, I don't know people's hearts. God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. But the only thing I can look on is the outward appearance. Okay? So if you're telling me you're saved and you live like the devil, you talk like the devil and you walk like the devil, you know, you look like the world, you talk like the world, and you, and, and, and you, and you walk like the world, well then, you know, what am I going to assume? Now, I may assume wrong, but that's what I'm going to assume because I look on the outward appearance. But this idea of people 
who say that they're saved, and they never go to church, they never read their Bible, they never pray, they're, they're terrible testimony, they never talk about God, you have to wonder. I mean, we're human beings, right? We have to wonder. We have to scratch our heads and think to ourselves, what? How does that make sense? I, listen, man, I can tell you all day long, right? All day long. Listen, come to me. If you need brain surgery, come to me. I'm a brain surgeon. What are you, what are you going to need before I take a scalpel to your, to your head? You're going to need some proof, Right? Listen to me. If you told me, if you, if you said, listen, uh, listen, I, I, can, I, can, I can do heart surgery on you. I'm going to say, I'm going to need some papers. I'm going to see, see a degree. I want some testimonies from people that have already, you know, I do know, I understand this, right? Do you understand this? Somebody has to be first. I'm not him. Okay, I want the guys doing it for 20 years, you know, that, that you know, has a lot of experience behind them. I, I, want, I want evidence. I don't want you just to tell me. I want you to show me. And we're living in a day and age which we should not only just be telling, we should be showing. Hey, yeah, I love God and I walk with Him. Okay, let me see it. Show me. You used to say when we were kids all the time, put up or shut up. I'm tired of hearing it. You can do this and you can do that. You ever been around the kid? Man, if you did it, he did it bigger. If you did it, he did it better. We had this kid that was in school with us, and, and, and man, I mean, he was that kid. And we used to just make stuff up just to hear how he did it better and how he did it bigger. And he, you know, and he you know, jumped off a seven-story building and landed on his feet and walked away. And he, you know, he did this and he did that. And I was a and finally, at some point, you say, okay, listen, show me. You, you can do this, show me. Now, I don't, well, we might have let him jump out on seven doors. I don't know, but you never did, right? Because there's no evidence. There's no evidence that he could do any of those things. Listen, so many Christians today, if they came to your home, think about this with me. If they came to your home, put you in handcuffs, Took you to a police, you know, a police car, and took you to prison for being a Christian. Could they find enough evidence to keep you in jail? Some people would be set free within an hour. They say that they're a Christian, but man, there's no evidence in the home. There's no evidence at work. There's no evidence in the community. There's no there's no evidence anywhere in your life. You're set free. I hope. I would hope that if I was jailed for being a for being a, a Christian, that I'd be there for a long, long time. Because it would be evidence. You see what I'm saying? As we walk closer with God, there ought to be evidence in our lives. It, it, ought, to be, uh, uh, it ought to be evident uh, when we walk with Him day by day, evaluatingly. If it's not, why not? Why not? Ask the Lord. Have you asked the Lord lately? Have you said to the Lord lately, Lord... How am I doing? That's pretty plain talk, but, you know, the Lord understands pretty plain talk. Lord, am I doing okay? Am I talking right? Am I walking right? Am I acting right? Nobody knows you better than God. Search me. You know what the psalmist says? The psalmist says, search me, O God, and try me. Know me. God knows you. You know why we're afraid to ask? Because we're afraid of the truth. We're afraid God might say, um, yeah, I'm glad you asked. There's, I joke about it all the time, but it's really true. When the girls want to know the truth, they come and ask me, my girls. Matter of fact, my extended girls, my adopted girls that, you know, that, 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 have, that have grown up here in the church, they want the truth, they come to me because they know they're going to get absolute truth. Tell me how does it look? It looks like garbage. I, t- I tell them. Now, Mama, oh, you look so beautiful. No, no, it's terrible. Hey, my Anna was looking for a dress for for graduation, and she tried this one on, and she sh- and she was sending pictures, and she was so. She said, "Mom, how's this?" She said, "Oh, that's nice." She said, "Go ask Dad." I said, "Anna, that dress is terrible." She said, "I knew it." 
She knew it was terrible. And she ended up getting a really nice dress to go underneath her, her cap and gown. And, but listen, it, it's best to tell the truth. And it's, by the way, God always tells the truth. The Holy Spirit always tells the truth. And the Holy Spirit always guides us into truth. Does sometimes it hurt your feelings? Yeah. Sometimes it hurts your feelings. Is it sometimes why we don't ask? Yeah. Sometimes we don't ask. Anna went out and got her a earring up here in her cartilage. You know those stupid, oh, I'm sorry, some of y'all might have them. That, that earring like right, right up here. So she did it first and then asked me. You know, of course, she's 22 years old. She can do whatever she wants to. And I told her today, she said, man, it's just absolutely bothered me. I said, because you sinned and got it without asking. She said, Dad. We joke about, about stuff like that. But listen, you know, the, you know what the Spirit of God will do? He will guide you into truth. If you're walking the wrong way, God will tell you you're walking the wrong way. You know what we do, though? We block him. We kind of do our own thing for a while and don't ask God because we're afraid of what God might say. Are you evaluating your life? Are you evalu- evaluating what you say? Are you evaluating what you watch? What you listen to? Are you evaluating what you read? Well, it's a free-for-all in our world today. Anything goes. Because we stopped self-evaluating. We stopped uh, asking the Lord uh, to search us. Uh, the Bible says in James 4 and 8, you know the verse, drawn out of God and he'll draw an out of you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You ever go up to the hospital? What is the one thing you want to do when you go to the hospital? <laughs> Other than leave. When you leave, what is it? Wash your hands. Right? I mean, before COVID, forget COVID. I'm taking, you go to the hospital, there's germs everywhere, right? There's germs everywhere, everywhere. I get that. But in the hospital, it's where the sick people go, okay? So let me tell you, if you're in the hospital for a long period of time, you ever, you ever do that? And you have to wash your hands all the time and your hands get all dry and I tell you, wash, wash, go out in the hall, pick something up, wash, bend over, get something, wash, touch something, wash, and you wash. And cleanse your hands, these sinners. And he's not talking about washing your hands physically. He's talking about washing yourself. Washing up your heart, making sure you're living holy, righteous in this present world. You know if you are. But what point is there in fooling ourselves? And what point is there in trying to fool God? Who's ever fooled God? Nobody's ever fooled God. God knows what we're doing, God knows what we're saying. God knows where we're going. God knows how we're walking. God knows how we're talking. So let's evaluate ourselves. Draw not to God. And the more we draw not to God, the more desire we have to live right, to live holy, to live clean, to do what's right, to, to talk the, the right way. You ever notice this? You hang around with swine and you start acting like a pig. You really do. Because my mom has said it for years. She didn't even know she was being biblical. But she said it for years. Birds of a feather flock together. My, my mom, I don't know how many times my mother said that. Birds of a feather flock together. Keep hanging out with those guys. Keep hanging out with those girls. Man, you talk about right. She was right, although it was all the other parents that were saying, you keep hanging out with that guy, and you're going to be bad news. And they were right, too, right? And we were just a motley crew. Bunch of us got together, ruined our parents, absolutely ruined our parents. I've given you my testimony. Stole a car, went down to Daytona Beach. I mean, turmoil in our parents, stole money, did all these things. Let me tell you what we were. We were... We were iron sharpening iron. 
Do you realize that? You know, we think of that as a biblical term, right? Iron sharpens iron. Good godly men need to be around good godly men. Good godly women need to be around good godly women. And what do they do? They encourage each other. Iron sharpens iron. Well, it's true the other way around too. You encourage each other to be stupid. You encourage each other. I, I, I remember as a kid going to the river. We always went to the river. I mean, that's where you went to swim, the river or the lake. The river was closest, so we always went to the river. They had these covered bridges everywhere. We thought they built them for us to jump out of them. I mean, that's what we thought they were there for. And so we jumped out of them things all the time. And, and let me tell you something. There was no safety. There was no, there was no hey, listen, before you jump, you better be careful. You better make sure that the water's deep enough. You better no. It's like let's see how close we can get to the rocks when we jump off. I bet I can get closer than you can. Dumb and dumber. I mean, is what we were. I mean, and what do we do? We encourage each other because you can encourage each other to do right, or you can encourage each other to do wrong. That's and that's that's just truth across the board. And what do we need to do? We need to draw close to God, and He'll draw close to us. He'll help us cleanse our hands, and He'll help us do the right thing in our lives. Stop judging everyone else and start evaluating your own life. Over in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, listen to this verse, verse number 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Isn't that a great verse? Having therefore these promises, the promises of God, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. It does not say, having these promises, Joe Springer, go and cleanse Blake. Does it? Doesn't say go cleanse your brother, go cleanse your sister. It says go cleanse yourself. Make good decisions. Live right. Walk right. That should be our goal as we walk closer uh, with God in our lives. Like every relationship, uh, we need to understand and know God. More And then, not only do we seek the Lord early and seek the Lord evaluatingly, but we need to seek the Lord entirely. We're living in a generation plagued with half-hearted Christianity, at best. Half-hearted Christianity. Church is good as long as you don't become a fanatic. Don't get carried away. You have church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? I'm here to tell you, you're a fanatic. Do you, do you realize that most churches don't have church that much anymore? Do you also realize that we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a man or some is but exhorting one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? Oh, my goodness. You are blind if you can't see the day approaching. One of the things about my in-laws is they love to watch the news. I can't even be in the other room. If I'm in the other room, I can't watch it. I can't even listen to it. So if they're in the house and they're watching news, I've got my earbuds in listening to any. I would watch a Hallmark movie <laughs> before I watch the news. I just can't stand it. Uh, and, and any of it. I don't care if it's Fox. I don't care what news it is. It absolutely drives me crazy. And, and I mean, it's just bad news after bad news after bad news. They take the good news and make it bad news just to make it better news. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling to me. And some people love it, and you may. And you may sit there, and you may love to watch that. More power to you. It's like, to, for me, it's like watching race car driving. 
I just don't get it. Some of y'all are big fans. I'm great. I'm, I'm, but watching a car going in circles, I just don't, I, I, can't, I can't fathom it. The only reason people go to those is to watch the crashes. I mean, I just, it's like hockey. The only reason people watch hockey is for the fights. I mean, that's just all there is to it. And so watching the news, it just drives me nuts. Why? Because it's all bad news. We see the day approaching. There's shootings, it seems like, every single week. And by the way, they don't ever, they don't hardly ever condemn the shooter. They condemn the gun. So I'm like, what are you talking about? If it wasn't for the shoot, guns don't pick themselves up and shoot people. People shoot people. And I'm telling you, it's all geared toward, and then everything's about transgender. Everything's about, the, you know, what life matters and what life doesn't matter. And everything's about, it's absolutely mind-boggling to me. If you don't see that the day is approaching, you don't even have to be a Christian to know something's approaching. The day's approaching. We shouldn't be meeting less. We should be meeting more. Christianity's okay as long as you're not a fanatic. Boy, is that all, is that all you talk about? No, I don't want to hear that. Is that all you do? I don't want to hear that. How much, how much money do you give to the church? Are you out of your mind? Do you know what you can do? Probably some of you have heard all these things before. Because it's okay to be a nominal Christian. Go to church on Easter and Christmas. I get it. Right? Go to church on Mother's Day because mom's begging you. But man, past that, that's just too much. My family, listen to me. When I got saved and I got involved in church, I heavily got involved in church and wanted to go to Bible college, my family was convinced that I, that I joined a Jim Jones cult. They were waiting for the Kool-Aid. They were waiting for me to jump on some asteroid. They were wait- I mean, they thought I had gone off the deep end. Now, you go to church every once in a while, that's not a big deal. But you're going to Bible college to go into the ministry? Something, something must be wrong. You know, and they come up with all these excuses, right? All these excuses why you shouldn't. Because Christian people, real Christian people are fanatical. Listen, you ought to be fanatical. You ought to be a fanatical. Do you, uh, listen, this going to hurt some of y'all's feelings. Do you know that you ought to be a charismatic? I'm not talking about the denomination. I'm talking about charismatic. Do you know in the Old Testament, you know the Bible talks about raising your hands? The Bible talks about amen. The Bible talks about uh, uh, music and playing of the trumpet and of the cymbals and of the loud cymbals. Let me tell you something. Most of those people wouldn't even be allowed in some of our churches. It's okay to praise the Lord. It's okay to say amen. It's okay to get excited about the things of the Lord. Now, we have no problem getting excited about our football team. Or our baseball team, or our race car driver, or whatever, whatever, whatever you like to do. I mean, we love to watch. We love to get excited. We love to scream and holler. We love to get fanatical. I told you this morning when we went to the um, the commencement. Uh, I uh, I called Wendy on Facetime, and um, she she put herself on mute, and I was able to show her the the commencement. She watched it live, but she wanted to see. Uh, Emma's, uh, Anna specifically, and, and so when she came, they called Anna's name. Now, Bible college, Bible colleges, they ask you to be very, very respectful. So out of respect for the college, I didn't get up with a blowhorn and scream and holler and do a backflip and say, that's my daughter. And I, but I, all that was going on inside of me, but I was being very respectful. All that was happening at home because Wendy was really excited she was hooting and hollering and screaming. and Why? Because she was super excited for our daughter. Do you know we ought to be super excited for God? We ought to be super excited for what God's doing in our lives? God forbid that you smile in church. God forbid that we laugh. God forbid that we have a good time. Let me tell you what the devil's done. He has robbed us of our joy. He really has. 
He's robbed us of our joy. And we think that we have to have joy through entertainment or joy through watching a funny movie or joy through something else. But let me tell you something. We can have joy in serving the Lord. We can have joy in going to church. We can have joy uh, having fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what God intended fellowship to be about. Don't get too serious. That's what the world says. I wrote this down. Some people won't like it, but listen. Today, we have preacherettes preaching sermonettes to Christianettes smoking cigarettes. That's where we are in our, life, our world today. Do you know what we have? We have 45 minutes of music and about five minutes of a message. Everything's about entertainment. Everything's about, listen, music is so prevalent, so strong in churches, they call it the worship time. Like you don't worship the Lord during the preaching. It's not through the foolishness of music that people are saved. It's the foolishness of preaching that people are saved. I picked up a book. No, shocker. We were going up through and me, Dad, and Anna were going up to West Virginia, and we left early on Thursday. And, and uh, I said, oh, we go right by Statesville. Surprise. There's a bookstore in, called Gullion's in Statesville. It's my favorite place in the world, one of my favorite places in the world. Literally can stay there all day. And I go in there, and I always find books that I don't have. So that's why I love it. It's very, very hard for me to find a book that I don't have, especially from somebody I, I, I love to read after. I found an old W.A. Criswell book, Scarlet Thread Through the Bible. I said, I ain't never heard of that before. That's very unusual. I got every Criswell book I thought has ever been written. Love W.A. Criswell. So I pick it up. The spine is broken. It's a little red, thin book. I pick it up. Gullions has $2 on it. Sold. I, I mean, I don't care how the book looked. I just wanted to read it. So it's a pretty small book, so I read it that, I read it that night. W.A. Criswell preached, and he always says, like every preacher, I just didn't have enough time. You know, preachers never have enough time to preach. So one New Year's, I might do this. One New Year's, the deacons came to him and said, look, Dr. Criswell, you're always talking about you not have enough time. We're going to get here at 8 o'clock, and we want you to preach through midnight for the new year. And he said, okay. And he preached, literally preached, almost four hours. <laughs> the ironic thing is he said he didn't have enough time to finish, finish his, his preaching, but he preached literally an outline throughout the whole Bible, and he he did it, and in, in, in E.J. Daniels had a, a stenographer uh, type it out, and they made it into this book. You'd love this, you'd love this book. And it was four hours of preaching, and they put it, and they put it into, this, into this little book. Why? Let me tell you why they did it. Because preaching was important. I love these sayings. I love to go to sayings. I love to listen to sayings. But I love the sayings that have preaching mixed into it. I love these sayings who the guy that's singing half the time is a preacher and he preaches as much as he sings. I love it. Why? Because the point is to reach people, not to entertain people. Is there wrong, anything wrong with entertainment? No. Of course not. I believe most of the music that's out there, when you go to a, even Christian concerts, they're really just entertainment. And there's nothing wrong with entertainment. There's nothing wrong with being entertained. We watch movies to be entertained. We go out and, and go on vacation to be entertained. We do all these things to be entertained. There's nothing wrong with it. But when we come to church, God should be the focus. When we come to church, preaching ought to be important. When we come to church... Listening to the Holy Spirit ought to be what's important in our life. Entirely. We ought to give ourselves over to the Lord. Entirely. When you come to church, you should put what's going to be for lunch or for supper on the back burner. You should put all the things that are going through your brain. Check them at the door. 
You ever go to a place that has a, um, that has a, um, a place that you have to walk through security? And what do you got to do? Got to empty out your pockets, right? You got to take everything out of your pockets. You got to take everything out of your coat pockets. You got to and if it beeps, you got to show them you have a metal belt on. And why? They got to make sure you got nothing. Let me tell you something. We should have that at the door. Mentally, we should have that door. Empty everything out of your brain and leave it at the door. Do you know why we don't hear? Because our brains are full. I've learned this, right? I've learned this. I have, I have um, a, a pretty full office. Is offices of books. And every time I get a book, you know what I have to say to myself? Where am I going to put this? Literally. Literally, I just recently had to go through my books, and I, I literally purged my books. Why? Because I had all these books to put in their place. ERM came through, and they were excited. I mean, their closets, they all have little closets on this pull behind, and all their closets were full from the floor to ceiling. And they got their, they got their clothes all bunched up in the corner because they got all these books that they went home with. They left them. Our church, with a, a new library, almost every one of them. I mean, they loved it. But I had to purge. I had to get it out of there to get the new stuff in. Because this stuff was more important than this stuff. But you know, our brain can only hold, handle so much. And we come to church, and we read our Bibles, and we get nothing. And there's two reasons we get nothing. One... We're, f- we're filled up with the world, and we're filled up with other things. And two, we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach us, right? And the Holy Spirit will say, okay, jettison this, get rid of this, because I want to put this in. It's called the replacement theory. And after I got saved and trusted Christ as my Savior, there were some things that I had to replace. There's a lot of music that I listened to that I had to replace. I wanted all this new music in my life, but you know, even today, I'll go into a place, and if they're playing Led Zeppelin or one of these older songs, it, I, I know the song. I don't want to know the song, but I, but I know the song. Some of these older songs that come on, just, just older music. That, and by the way, some of the music is not even wrong. And they're playing this music, and, 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 and I'll start saying the words, and the kids will go, Wow, you are old. How do you know those songs? Because you know why? Because when it gets in, it's really hard to get out. Years and years and years ago, I remember driving down the road. There's this great big bulletin. I mean, huge. You know those bulletins on the side of the road? And it was for a set of tires. You could buy these tires. Well, for some reason, there's always like a half-naked woman trying to sell the tires, I guess. I don't know. But it had a big caption on it. This, this girl, very, very indecently dressed, tires, and above the caption said, made you look. Made you look. You know what they understood? They understood if you just grabbed a glance. If you just saw, you can try to get it out. But man, once it gets in there, we drove by, ABC, when we were up at ABC, we drove by, we were going to go to Walmart, Dad had to go to Walmart, we passed the store. <coughs> Looked over, said 9mm, 109mm bullets, $25. I tried, I tried for hours to get it out of my head. But there it was. I said, there's no way that's true. I said, I'm going to have to go and check it out. One of the greatest stores I've ever been in, by the way. Knives and go, but... Brother Tom, you'd have a heyday in there. We'd never get Brother Tom out. Guns and they had a they had a Colt Gatlin gun. Colt made it. You know the Gatlin that you turn and get it was sixty thousand dollars, but still it was it was there. It was really cool, and they had all these guns and knives. And but it said, listen, you know what they do? You know why they put those billboards out there to catch your attention, to get you in, to get you moving that way. That's why the devil sends you these things. That's why you better be careful what you listen to. You better be careful what you look at. Why? Because it's going to draw you in. And many of them are drawing you away from God. Get rid of them. Watch what you're looking at. 
watch what you're listening to, pay attention, and be intentional. When you come to church, why do you come to church? If you come to church to worry about everybody else, you come to church for the wrong reason. I mean, don't ever, listen to me, don't ever ask me, which I'm assuming nobody will, did you see the shoes she was wearing? No, I did not. I don't even remember if he had a beard and I looked at him straight in the face. What are we look? What are we paying attention to? Why are we here? What are we doing? We come through those doors. Our first prayer should be, "Lord, search me and try me." Lord, no. If there's any wicked way in me, I ain't worried about him and I ain't worried about her. I'm worried about me because I don't have to answer for him and her, but I do have to answer for me, and you have to answer for you. And so we stand before God one day, let us be able to say, I sought the Lord entirely with my life. From the beginning all the way to the end, I ran my race with excellence. Can we say with Paul, I finished my course and I kept the faith. I want... I remember when I started. Do you remember when you started? I remember after I got saved. If somebody gave me a squirt gun and told me to charge hell and the devil, I'd have been right there on the front lines. I mean, I was so excited about being a Christian. I mean, all those burdens were released. I mean, I had a new lease in life. I had a new lot in life. I had a new purpose in life. I was so excited to live for the Lord. You know what happened? Somewhere along the line, we waned. I don't know why that is. I guess it's just human nature. But listen, every once in a while, we need to have a revival in our lives and get excited about serving the Lord again. And when I get to the end, whenever that end is, it may be tomorrow, it may be 40 years from now, whenever that end is, I want to finish as strong as I started. The only way you're going to do that is walking closer and seeking God entirely with your life. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for the opportunity that we have to walk with you. The opportunity that we have to talk with you along life's narrow way. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for never leaving us and never forsaking us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for wise counsel that you put in our lives. Thank you for church. Thank you for the opportunity to pray and to read your word. Give us revival in our lives. Help us to rejoice evermore. Help us to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, we need Thee. Every hour, we need Thee. Bless us this week with the challenges that uh, we're going to face, the suffering that we're going to go through, the difficulties that we're going to have. This week might be a mountaintop week. This week might be a valley week. We don't know. But we know whether mountaintop or valley, you're still God. Whether mountaintop or valley, you're still there. Help us to seek you with our whole life, with our whole time, with our whole energy. Help us to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our mind with all our soul. Help us to love you more. And this week, help us to walk closer to you than we've ever done before. We'll love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ladies, sign up if you haven't signed up yet. Uh, Saturday, 11 o'clock. Guys, if you can help and you've not seen Ms. Sherry, see her and let her know.